YouTube video, the $175,000 Franklin stamp, number 594, number 596. Five, four, three, two, one, zero, ignition, liftoff. Look at them, madame. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Live from the PNC unit of SNPRC in lovely LVNV, where we are dropping philatelic warheads on your foreheads, this is the award-winning stamp show here today, episode number 273, brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a nonprofit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. This is Tom. This is Cash. This is Scott. This is Mark. This is Albert. This is Becca. This is Tony. This is Wayne. Today we are discussing postal stationery paper color varieties. But first, shout out to new members Patricia T. Thank you for the kind words. And also Rick P. from St. Joseph. Your membership certificates are in the mail. Rick also writes... Greg, a stamp collector buddy of mine, had a friend who orders off eBay for his collection and resell. Every, every month or so, Greg gets a bag of covers from him, and we sit down and blacklight them looking for counterfeits. There is a list of what I have come across. And it's a rather extensive list here. So we were going to discuss postal counterfeits because they have found quite a few. Well, the common knowledge is that cheaters never prosper, but the growth in counterfeiting might suggest otherwise. Trade in counterfeit and pirated goods has grown to over $500 billion, according to a report from the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, the OECD, an international organization that promotes economic development. Fake goods make up more than 2.5% of all world trade. Other findings from that report are that up to 5% of goods up to 5% of goods imported into the European Union are fakes. US, Italian and French brands are the hardest hit. In many cases, proceeds of counterfeit trade go to organized crime. Most fake goods originate in the middle income or emerging countries with China as the top producer. Given this, postal counterfeits are not intended to cheat collectors. Their intent is to defraud postal administrations. In these instances, specifically the U.S. Postal Service. Amos Publishing says, with the 2013 edition, the Scott editors began listing U.S. postal counterfeits in the Scott Specialized Catalog of United States Stamps and Covers. The listings were a long time coming, considering that the first known U.S. postal counterfeit stamp was an 1895 counterfeit of the 1894 two-cent George Washington Light Carmen Rose Stamp Scott Number 250. The counterfeit two-cent stamps were offered for sale in an ad in the Chicago Tribune in 1895. The bogus issues were produced by a counterfeit ring in Chicago, led by Tinsa McMillan, and sold by the Canadian Novelty Supply Agency in Ontario, Canada. McMillan and several of her cohorts were arrested and sentenced to prison. Oh, a lot different than today, huh? In the March 18, 1992 issue of Linz, Wayne Youngblood reported that two types of this counterfeit exist. One with type 1 triangles in the corner, Scott number 250, CF1, 
and the other with Type 3 triangles, a counterfeit of the United States Scott 267. The Scott editors have seen only one unused example of Scott 267 CF1, and it is without gum. This counterfeit is scarce, both unused and used, because many were seized by postal authorities. Hey, I got a good idea. Why don't we contact Wayne Youngblood and see if he can add anything to this story? I do believe he introduced himself. Wow, he's here on the podcast with us? Boy, that was fast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so back in the the 90s, I had a a regular monthly column on postal counterfeits, and at that time I was working with uh, the postal inspectors uh, on uh, several different cases as well as uh, clearing up a lot of misunderstandings about postal counterfeits. For many, many years, uh, Pat Hurst in particular was leading the charge that if you collected postal counterfeits, the uh, postal inspectors are going to beat down your door in the dead of night and confiscate your entire collection. And of course, this this was was bogus. I mean, technically, it's illegal to own postal counterfeits. Uh, But from my many, many conversations with postal inspectors, without exception, they said, no, we've got too much real work to do. We're not going to be coming after your stamps, um, and so that's one of the one of the things that we I worked very hard at dispelling was the notion that we couldn't. That's one of the reasons why the Scott listings were so long in coming is because of Pat Hurst's uh, claims that, uh, that your collection would be confiscated. Uh, but the, uh, up until the Chinese postal counterfeits. Um, they're pretty rare in U.S. history, not only in terms of the, the different types of them, but also in the numbers of them, uh, because it really was not economical to, uh, to counterfeit postage stamps. I mean, it, when you're talking two cent, three cent uh, prime rate stamps, uh, it takes a heck of a lot of those to, to make it worthwhile to counterfeit. And so more often than not, they were actually uh, connected with other crimes, everything from uh, certainly counterfeiting currency and such to uh, various types of tr- uh, trade uh, rings, crime rings, and you know, one of them that's connected to child pornography. Uh, and those are among the rarest of postal counterfeits. Yeah, because uh, the list that uh, we got has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 counterfeit stamps that they are finding regularly on covers. And uh, let's see, he said... Clearly eBay sellers are whores because they're buying these counterfeits from other eBay sellers (laughs) or Amazon sellers. Oh, well, we we had a fellow come in here and he had a box of 10... he, He is a big mailer. And he had a box of 10,000 sheets that he bought off, was it eBay or Amazon? Do you remember? Doesn't matter. They both sell them. Yeah, I I think it was, I'm not sure which one. But he brought them in and said, hey, you know, uh, I just got these and I read someplace and can you guys check these? And we pulled them out and... The, the interesting thing was, and Wayne, you'll, you'll like this, is there were 10,000 sheets. And when you flip them over, it tells you what position the pane is from the plate. They were all from the exact same position. And we said, there is no way you can get 10,000 of these all from the same position. So what they obviously did was they counterfeited the front and they counterfeited the back. 
but they didn't vary the back. And so that, you know, the guy found out and he actually um, filed for a return of his money and he got his money returned and they didn't ask for him to return the stamps. Because <laughs> I, I have a funny feeling he would have just said, oh, I'm returning them to this guy. Uh, here's the uh, police. Here's the address that I returned them to. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Yeah, and when they've and when they've done the backs, you know, in the, with the counterfeits, uh, they're obviously um, photo reproducing from high resolution images of the stamp, uh, but they're not just simply shooting the backs of the stamps. They're actually, in most cases, regenerating the text content because a lot of times there will be a misspelled word or or something that doesn't quite fit with the normal ones. So, you know, just like when you get the spam emails from someone in China or elsewhere, the syntax is just slightly off. Well, you find that with a lot of these counterfeits. And, of course, no postal counterfeit has ever had uh, phosphorescent tagging on it yet. Well, not only that, um, they seem to have different versions where a lot of that, a lot of those mistakes get corrected because they've been pointed out in the philatelic press. Yeah. <laughs> so Linz now has a policy they're not going to show and describe them anymore. Well, what was but it? But you can still go out and buy the catalog where they're described. Yeah, but I think the catalog purposely delays it a couple of years to remove the market, um, I don't know, the market uh, research, basically. You know, we're doing the market research telling them how they can improve their product, which obviously is not what they want to have happen. Didn't we also find on that, on that uh, the love stamp, the forever love stamp, that has the two colors, the, the red and the white, that the actual design of the counterfeits was clearer and nicer than the genuine USPS issued stamps. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's that. And I think also it was either the, uh, the the love stamp with the, the cloud design uh, and one flag stamp, at least, where, again, the, the counterfeit is actually clearer than the, than the genuine in many ways. You know, and one of the reasons these things are so widespread and why it makes sense now, first of all, you know, when you've got them originating in China, uh, there's virtually no blowback, there's virtually no consequence for them, so they can do them in quantity. And then when you have, when you can sell them at a discount on eBay, you know, huge bricks of them, uh, and then those get sold to, you know, a lot of these are showing up in, in little mom-and-pop bodegas and cities and such. And um, and so a lot of innocent people are buying them and using them. And even if the postal inspectors catch a whiff of them, uh, the trail runs cold pretty quickly. Yeah, I, it is my opinion that if the post office would just return some counterfeit mail, it would hit the newspapers and, you know, it doesn't, uh, your mortgage payment doesn't arrive in time because the post office returned your stamp as being fake. You're going to think twice about buying stamps off eBay. And publicity is how you kill this. There isn't any publicity that I'm seeing. I mean, Mothers Against Drunk Driving is my favorite example. You had this really big problem of people driving drunk. Laws did nothing. 
It was the public outcry and the public coming to grips with what was going on that made drunk driving not okay. I think that it's the same thing with the post office. They should return some people, have some people pay some, you know, late fees because their mortgage didn't get in. I, I want to see some really big horror stories. You know, this person lost a house because they use counterfeit stamps and bring it to people's attention saying, hey, you know, don't buy your stamps on eBay for you know, 50%. The mass sorting machines kick out all these untagged stamps and they're supposed to be they're they're rerun and then they're if they're kicked out again they're supposed to be checked by a postal employee and part of it is the education of the postal employees hey if the machine kicks it out cuz it says it's not tagged then they got to stop passing them through yeah cuz it's the postal employees who pass them through yeah and and honestly there's a lot of them that, that really just don't care uh, now, as far as the consequences go, though, there are a lot of truly innocent people. Buy, they're not buying their stamps off eBay. They're buying them at the corner market. So it's the, the corner market uh, guy who's buying them off eBay, and he's the one who should get in trouble. But the, the little old lady paying her gas bill, she she has no clue what she's doing. That's where she's bought stamps for the past 50 years. You know. Yeah, but then she goes back to the guy and said, hey – my gas bill didn't go in because you sold me fake stamps. So and, so what they need to do is they need to go back to not selling them at the mom and pop stores and go back to just buying them at the post office. Right. No, well, no, have mom and pop buy them at the post office instead of online. Because, you know, the other thing is mom and pop grocery store is selling them for, you know, 55 cents each or whatever. And they're buying them on eBay at half price. They're putting that money in the pocket, pretty much knowing what's going on. There's just no stories out there of anything tragic going on. I mean, it's and when you're when you're buying brand new postage at half a face or sixty percent of face, you got to question where this is coming from because if it's coming from the post office, you can't get it at less than face. Well, there's an old saying, you know, if something's too good to be true, it probably is. I mean, I can see 90% because somebody was looking for something. Yeah. I, and I, I know collectors who, who buy entire bricks of stamps from the post office looking for varieties, hoping they'll find an imperf sheet in a pad or, or something like that. Or they'll buy, you know, a thousand rolls of stamps looking for the imperfs or whatever. But once they've checked them, then they dump them and they just try and recoup the money. And, you know, for every one that they hit, there's, you know, I don't know how many misses, but, uh, you know, they make up the money that they lose on the misses on the ones they hit. Yeah, yeah. I just think that there has to, you know, we're going through COVID right now. We're going through the coronavirus right now. The reason why everybody is doing everything that they are doing why there were shutdowns and the masks and everything is because the media put out horror stories they said look at these people who are dying or look at these people who are getting this that's why covid occurred the way it did if we did the same thing for this it would end people would say oh my goodness you know we shouldn't be buying fake stamps because this little old lady had her electricity shut off because she mailed her electric bill with a fake stamp. I better be conscious of it, just conscious of it. And then you go to the corner, you know, 
grocery store, the bodega, like you said, you know, although I don't think it's bodegas. I think it's all of the, uh, you know, 7-Elevens and everything out there. You go there and you buy your stamps. Be conscious of it and say, you know, if this comes back, I'm going to sue you. <laughs> and then 7-Eleven says, you know, I'm not going to buy those stamps from that Chinese dealer on eBay. I'm going to go down to the post office. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're buying your stamps at Costco, they probably get them from the post office. If you're buying them at 7-Eleven, uh, that's a little bit more shady. And Wayne, you probably heard this story, too, about uh, Becca, the one shilling stamp. A postal inspector found on the telegraph stamps they had been counterfeited, and it had been happening for years, but it wasn't discovered until... 1898, but it had been happening in 1872 and 73. Um, the stamps were forged due to the absence of a watermark and because they had impossible corner lettering. Again, it was never discovered who did it, but that was an early example of stamp counterfeiting outside of this country. The perfect crime. Nobody ever, dis uh, nobody ever found it for several years and still don't know who did it. Anyway, Wayne, you know anything about it in addition to that? Yeah, basically, when, when they did find them, then uh, the, the search for them started in all these bundled uh, telegraph receipts and such. <clears throat> and they started turning up more and more of them. And I forget what the total amount was, but they were, as I recall, it was uh, perhaps up to uh, several hundred thousand pounds lost. And that's just on this on the counterfeit stamps that were recovered from these old forms. They have no idea what the scope of it was, and apparently what was happening is whoever was doing the counterfeiting was treating out the good stamps from stock, using these on the forms because, in theory, they would just be destroyed and nobody would ever see them. Uh, and it actually was the collector who found them first. And, of course, you know, those stuff for a pretty good amount of money now when they, when they get offered to collectors. Correct uh, me if I'm wrong, but the counterfeits are worth more than the, uh, the actual stamp. By a great deal, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, there is that that happened. So, you know, you might have the 7-Eleven employee selling stamps that he got. But then, you know, you're dealing with the 7-Eleven and saying, hey, you hired a bad person. You have to cover for that person. And that person will go to jail or get fined or get sued or whatever. But right now, I just see that there is no reason for anybody to not use counterfeit stamps other than, you know, maybe a moral thing where, you know, you, you have faith in the federal government, which I have zero of, if you've ever read my uh, Facebook postings. So you're advocating for use of counterfeit stamps? <laughs> I'm advocating for bringing it to people's attention and having the people who use them get punished. It's just like prostitution. You punish the person who they have given up totally of trying to arrest the women. They arrest the guys. And so when the guys say, yeah, you know, it ain't worth it for me to do this, then it stops. Yeah, the problem is that on counterfeits, what gets the uh, attention is the things like the Prada bags and that kind of thing where you're talking about hundreds of dollars yeah. per item. The stamp's 55 cents. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that's why you have to get, you know, the the little old lady who, you know, has her electricity shut off for having the counterfeit stamps. So then all the little old ladies say, oh, 
I don't want my electricity shut off. I'll not buy counterfeit stamps, and it rolls uphill instead of downhill. I can say when I visited Italy and France, we were warned by our tour guides to not buy anything from certain vendors because we could be arrested for buying counterfeit items. Another another thing is um, when I was in the Navy, we'd visit ports overseas, and coming back, we'd always have to fill out the customs forms, just like anybody who travels overseas. And, uh, of course, a lot of the places we visited, counterfeit items were uh, very plentiful, um, especially in places like Hong Kong or in the Middle East, where they just don't give a rat's about about uh, copyright laws. And uh, so these guys would go out and they'd buy, uh, well, at the time it was cassettes, not CDs, of music because they liked to listen to music on board the ship. And they'd come back and they'd all get confiscated. <laughs> Yeah, when I went to Amman, Jordan, uh, and I forget what the movie was, but this movie had just come out, and they were selling it on the street in CDs. And you look at them, and it's like, you know, a piece of paper with, you know, a felt-tip marker. The last time I was over there, um, movies CD on CD and uh, computer games were the huge, huge counterfeit items that... uh, most of the guys were buying and then having confiscated when they came back. So, Wayne, you earlier said that you had spoken with some people. Had you ever spoken with people high up enough to uh, give you an opinion on whether the post office is actually concerned about this? Well, of course, back back then, this was, we were talking in the 90s when I was involved with when I was involved with, with the top people in the Postal Inspection Service at the time. But counterfeiting was still not really a, a large concern because what was being done was domestic and it was, you know, again, connected with other crimes. Uh, what we have now is a totally different situation. And, and while my contacts have all been retired or died at this point, <laughs> um, some of the some of the people that I have been in contact with over the latest thing, um, it, it's a it's a mixed thing. Part of it is because there's a lot of uh, a lot of people just don't care within the postal service. I mean, there's there's so many other things going on. It's just one more bit of noise. I don't think they necessarily realize uh, just how bad it is. Uh, but the other part of it, at least again for prosecution, unless they, unless they prosecute the little old lady, which um, is is not a good PR move for many reasons too, uh, you can't really jump sure. You know, once you can get it back to eBay, you can get it back to the guy in this country who's buying them off the ship that comes in. Uh, but once it jumps, once it jumps the border, there's there's really virtually no way to prosecute. And so if they feel they can't prosecute. Um, kind of what's in it for them. They just need to to lessen the, the losses as much as they can, uh, and they do you know they do a little bit of follow up. They do knock on some folks' doors and, and confiscate you know quietly confiscate stamps and things like this. But there's really a lot of it going on. Yeah, I just so totally believe that if they actually got into the media and returned letters and said, "Hey, you know, we're not you know there's counterfeit." stamps out there if you use them your letter is going to get returned have a nice day if they just put something out like that and then the news reports you know a couple of people who had their 
Visa card payments, you know, returned. You know, people people in general will say, hey, you know, for saving 20 cents on a stamp, I would rather be confident that my mortgage payment is going to arrive at the bank. Well, you see, unfortunately, right. unfortunately most people have just said, screw it, I'm going to pay electronically. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well I mean, with me, that's, a, that's a good answer, too, you know. So so most of the people who are out there using this stuff are mailing packages and, and buying stuff on eBay, and, and uh, those are the people that are going to get caught. Oh, but see, eBay, if you returned eBay purchases, the eBay community would say, oh, I'm not buying any stamps from these guys, and it would circle through the eBay community that afternoon. Because eBay sellers, and I am an I am a eBay seller. I'm a very large eBay seller. If I have something returned because it has a counterfeit stamp and I get a negative and lose the sale, I'm never going to use those stamps again. No way. You know, I'll use them on my Christmas cards. With it. If they get returned, who cares? So if you're interested in some of these older stories... Uh, there's a book called Stamp Counterfeiting, The Evolution of an Unrecognized Crime. It's by H.K. Patchell, and uh, he was a postal inspector uh, for the Postal Investigating Service. And uh, he, wrote a, he wrote a book about a lot of these classic counterfeit What items. year is that from? Uh, well, it's at least 10 years old because I met him at a stamp show. He was hawking his book. No, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a good read. It tells all about the... The early two cent, you know, the Boston counterfeits and things like that, and uh, the counterfeits of the eighteen ninety three issue, and and um, but it's very interesting. Tells a lot of the classic stories. It doesn't say much about the. There's nothing in there about the modern stuff that's being counterfeited now, but the the classic cases, uh, a lot of the older stuff. Wayne, what stamps are you seeing now that are getting counterfeited and used? Uh, virtually, virtually every new regular issue, and even a few commemoratives. Uh, most love stamps, most flag stamps, um, are being heavily counterfeited. The other, the other part that's made it more difficult now too is that um, it used to be that they could immediately spot those guys who were selling the counterfeits because they were so deeply discounting them. Like you could buy them for fifty, you know, modern stamps for fifty percent of face. Well, they've gotten smarter. They're, they're, they're they're more profitable now because they are selling them for much less of a discount to not call attention to themselves. So they, in many cases, are now selling them for 90% of face or whatever. So it could be, in theory, a legitimate purchase. Uh, but virtually every new issue is, is being counterfeited. Yeah, and I believe that is the case. And like I said, it's, it's going... Whatever the post office loses, they have to make up. And what they're going to make it up with is either higher rates or government money. And in either case, the people who are listening to this right now, are you're all going to be paying for it. So there is an incentive for all of us to get this to end. You know, what the Postal Service should do to, draw, to attract attention to the issue is to just say that um, any ballots that are mailed with counterfeit stamps won't be delivered. Oh, <laughs> unfortunately, oh. unfortunately, you have states that are basically paying the postage, so they're putting imprints on the yeah. on the return ballots. 
so that if you don't have a stamp, it still will, should go through. Oh, the, the state will pay the postage. Well, I know that Wayne now is looking for uh, COVID and related stuff, uh, postage. I saw your post on Facebook, and I'm doing the same. I am actually, I am actively looking for like ballots of people who vote in person and then have the ballot left over. I want to go get those ballots because, like I said, I want to have a really good 2020 what the hell is going on with this year exhibit. Well, you only <laughs> need one ballot. Yeah. <laughs> so Cash is now a ballot harvester. It would, certainly, yeah. <laughs> it would certainly be a bad thing, though, if eBay said, okay, no more discount postage at all. Because oh, yeah. there's a lot of discount postage out there, and I know I depend on it as a small-time dealer. Yeah, no, you're right, Tony. And and I think, uh, if I understand correctly, Amazon has already, uh, if not halted, they've they've really pulled the reins back on any discount postage because of the counterfeits. But you're right. It, it really, I mean, I've got a tub of discount postage in front of me. That's the stuff that I use to mail in all my stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it makes more sense to me for Amazon to cut that off because they're not really an aftermarket company so, so to speak the way ebay is yeah they don't deal much in collectible most of their stuff is new yeah well unused postage stamps are new <laughs> well that see that's why i'm saying that they would cut off right i understand <laughs> discount postage where ebay wouldn't yeah yes yeah, ebay is tough because it is a way for you to sell stuff in a marketplace that has so much stuff selling that the policing of it is very difficult. But but like I said, you know, if you take it away, it's not the uh, it's not the post office who has to track down the counterfeits. It's not the eBay that has to track it down. It's the people who bear the brunt of having bought them, even if they bought them legitimately and by accident when their visa payment is uh, returned and all of a sudden their credit goes down well, five yeah, points, it, it's when like, it hey. When it costs you money, then you have a say. Well, yeah, it's exactly like Mothers Against Drunk Driving. When the people When you said, lose your kid. Yeah, when the people... Have, you know, the government can go out there and say 0 0.8, 0 0.4, 0 0.1. Who, who, who cares what the government says? But when you are drinking in front of your coworkers and you get drunk and get in your car and all your coworkers look down on you upon for doing that, all of a sudden you stop doing it. It's not because it's illegal. It's because that's not what you should be doing. And if we can apply that to counterfeit stamps... It'll clean itself up. Well, it may not go to zero, but it'll get rid of a good two-thirds of it. Well, Scott, you brought up uh, H.K. Petrel. He's also got um, three other books, Spurious Stamps, A History of U.S. Postal Counterfeits, More Stamp Counterfeiting, The Perfect Crime, and United States Postal Counterfeits Illustrated Inked Print. Yeah. So... Uh, Anyway, he's a good writer. I guess he was a... I, I can't say whether he was a good postal inspector, but he's a good writer. <laughs> well, he was good enough to be able to gather all the stories. Yeah. Well, one more thing on postal counterfeits. Um, this past year, they added um, non-postage postal counterfeits. 
So basically revenue stamps that and, yeah. uh, and other types of stamps, they added that to the catalog. There's a war saving stamp and uh, uh, there's a couple of revenue stamps and things like that, but they weren't specifically postage stamps to mm -hmm. the to the counterfeit section. Yeah, it's a it's really a, a helpful section for those of us who follow these songs. Well, the nice thing is when you become an advanced collector and you start exploring these areas of the catalog, and you realize that uh, uh, acquiring some of this stuff and putting it in your collection alongside and properly identified, of course, alongside the genuine articles makes the collection a lot more interesting. Oh, and it's got a great story. I want some of these on cover. I'm just totally against people buying them. Yeah, so counterintuitively, the counterfeits are way more valuable than the original stamps. They can be, yes. Oh, in my case, if if there was one on cover, well, I would definitely pay, you know, five bucks for it, ten well, bucks for it. They're so ubiquitous. Yeah. And, you know, I've got half a dozen at least. On cover? Yeah. Oh, Casual pay you five bucks each. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm in the money. <laughs> I'll see if I have any duplicates. Everyone's looking at me. <laughs> so what are we moving on to? You got Tell me on? we're going to be talking about paper colors. Well, first of all, uh, let's discuss real quick the new YouTube channel that started. So also, we put up a YouTube on... U.S. number 596, the one-cent Franklin stamp, which we discussed in last week's episode. Check out the title on YouTube, $175,000 Franklin stamp, number 594, number 596. I hear the production quality is top-notch. Top-notch. Please subscribe to the channel also because we are not showing up in the search because we are new... If you type in the exact title, it will be approximately the 20th listing right now because the algorithms don't like us. So, again, that's $175,000 Franklin Stamp 594, number 596. And that'll help us out greatly. Yeah, anything new on 594s or the 596s? Yep. Well, with that... We are once again out of time to discuss postal stationery paper color varieties. <laughs> Until next time, we need your help. Nothing on the internet is free, including our phone and internet. You can support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. Cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. If you are an APS member, please include your number because we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our address is P.O. Box 539-309, Henderson, Nevada, 89053. You've been listening to Stamp Show here today, episode number 273. This was Tom. This was Cash. This was Scott. This was Mark. This was Albert. This was Becca. And this was Wayne. Oh. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> You have been listening to Stamp Show here today, seeking to advance all levels of the stamp collecting hobby through news, information, and collecting advice. Visit us at stampshowheretoday.com to listen to the show, view images of the items we are talking about, and read the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on Facebook at Stamp Show Here Today and on Twitter at Stamp Show HT. If you have questions or comments about the show or have any topics you would like us to discuss, 
You can email us at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep collecting. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.